All right, welcome to another episode of Movies with Mosaic here at the Mosaic Station on our podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Yang, and my pronouns are he, him, his. I'm the director of the Mosaic Cross Cultural Center. And today we have with us um, some folks to watch uh, Spirited Away, um, Hayao Miyazaki's um, film. Uh, so if we can introduce ourselves, Sharon, you want to go next? Sure. Hi, everyone. Um, this is Sharon Singh. I'm the program coordinator for Mosaic Cross Cultural Center, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'll kick it over to Kenny. <laughs> um, hey, y'all. My name's Kenny. I use they, them pronouns. Uh, I also work at the Mosaic Cross Cultural Center, cultural programmer. And last but not least, we got DJ Jazzy Fizzle. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny Beats. What's up, everyone? This is Jazz, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am the social media and liaison for Mosaic Cross Cultural Center. And not going to lie, this is one of the first times I'm watching Spirited Away, like, fully. What? So, very oh. cool to share this with y'all. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yes, thank you all. We are watching Spirited Away, Hayao Miyazaki's film from 2000, 2001, something like that. Uh, Studio Ghibli. Um, we are watching this um, partially because it's an awesome movie and one of Kenny's favorites. Um, but partially because it is a PETA Heritage Month here at San Jose State, Asian Pacific Islander Desi American Heritage Month. Um, and um, Studio Ghibli is an amazing representation of Japanese culture. Um, so we're going to all watch Spirit Away together. So hopefully you have some way of watching Spirit Away. Unfortunately, it's not really available on any streaming service. Um, so uh, ho- hopefully you'll find some way of finding this video. Um yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, <laughs> do what you gotta do, you know what I'm saying? So, um, <laughs> so hopefully you have it queued up. Um, and with all of us here, we're going to hit play at the same time. So I'm going to count us down for that. Everybody ready? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So hit play on three, two, one, play. Everybody getting the Studio Ghibli logo? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So we are we are watching Spirited Away now. So we start right away with Chihiro, our um, protagonist. Our ten-year-old protagonist. Um, actually, you know what? This uh, this kind of reminds me of uh, Inside Out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we start with Chihiro, who's who's being forced to move because she's ten, <laughs> but her family is moving to a new town, uh, and uh, she is uh, um, coming along to uh 
to this new place. So I was wondering, Kenny, if you could start off, tell, tell us a little oh. bit about your experience with this movie. What, what do you think? Well, um, like we said, well, I, I think I said at the beginning, they had like a little 2001. So it's been, oh, I, I've been watching it for as long as I could remember, honestly. Um, I think my sister, I think, introduced it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like, I remember as a kid, like, not, like, obviously, when you're younger, you don't really understand, like, the plot and, like, the lessons, really. You're just, like, watching it. So um, just watching it as a young kid, like, I would just, like, love seeing all, like, the different creatures and the colors and stuff like that and the animation. Um, so I kind of fell in love with that first, but then as I got older and actually like watched it, I was like, dang, this movie's crazy. Um, and it's dope too. Like, I don't know. Something about Studio Ghibli movies, like they're just so like, like the fantasy type thing. I don't know. And just like the way that they uh, animate their characters is crazy, cool, beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. it's just been my favorite movie since, like, I could even say I had a favorite movie. I got a whole Spirit Away poster up in my room. <laughs> it's, I don't That's know. That's awesome. It's such an epic movie. Yeah. So we're, we're seeing here, uh, Chihiro's dad is taking a shortcut through the woods. And, uh, we're starting to see indicators here of, um... Japanese uh, spiritual culture here, and I wish I knew a little bit more about where this um, representation comes from. I kind of feel like it's Shinto-ish or Buddhist-ish. I know in Japanese Shinto religion culture, um, part of the Shinto culture is that there are spirits within all things. So there are spirits within living beings, there are spirits within buildings, there are spirits within the air or wind. Um, and I think we're starting to see that here as we see the shrines and the different statues. So um, just wanted to, to shout that out a little bit. Um, Sharon, do you have a history with this film? Do you have experience with this film? Um, I, I mean, I've seen this movie uh, maybe two or three times, but my first, uh, you know, Studio Ghibli movie that I saw when I was, I think, maybe a teenager uh, was Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm-hmm. And I love that movie. Like, to mm-hmm. this day, um, again, I think I've watched it, like, a handful of, of times, but um, I feel like um, this movie, Spirit Away, and Kiki's Delivery Service – you know, they show um, kind of like um, you were talking about that, like spirituality or realism, like fantasy realism type of um, thing. But the the as Kenny was saying, I think the life lessons, right, um, of seeing strong characters who are kind of on their like coming of age storyline, mm-hmm. that's very unique and different um, is something that I think I like gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. Um, So what, like, I feel like this movie definitely represents that too, but Kiki's delivery service, I think is like 
probably a little bit higher on the list for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I, I know Kiki's Delivery Service. I love Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah. I actually, my my first Studio Ghibli movie that I consciously remember being a Studio Ghibli movie was uh, Princess Mononoke. Mm. Um, and I loved Princess Mononoke in high school. Um, and uh, I mean, it was... It was, of course, in my wheelhouse in high school, right? It was like high fantasy. It was adventure. There was like bows and arrows and stuff and people riding horses and going through the forest and stuff. Um, So, you know, of course, you know, it it fit in with a lot of stuff I liked anyway at the time. Um, But then I remember somebody telling me, oh, that's from the same studio that did Totoro. And I remember that I watched Totoro when when I was really young. Like I watched my neighbor Totoro when I was like a kid. And I didn't really understand it at the time, but I remember being like, "Oh, Totoro is that 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 thing, that creature, right? Totoro is like a very iconic kind of a creature." Mm-hmm. And so, like, all my all my consciousness around Totoro was just around like Totoro the character, and not necessarily the film. But you know, somebody was like, "Oh, it's the same studio that did Totoro," and I was like, "Oh, cool." Um, but I remember Spirited Away. Um, I remember it actually it actually had a. Um, um, theatrical release in the united states and you could watch it in the movie theaters oh i didn't know that yeah um and it was one of the few studio ghibli films that had that um i believe princess monoke probably had it because it was a but as like one of those special like japanese language films uh Mm -hmm. spirited away the dub version had it and then i think um um gosh there's one other movie that debuted theatrically and i'm trying to remember what it was and i can't anymore um, but there, there was another one I remember after Spirited Away that also had a theatrical release um, in the United mm-hmm. States. And those were like kind of the big, um, like, um, those are kind of, oh, Howl's Moving Castle was the other one. And those mm-hmm. are kind of the big, like, oh, you know, Studio Ghibli hits the United States market um, kind of films. Mm-hmm. Um Jazz, do you have any, um, uh, you know, this is your first time watching this movie, but have you watched any other um, uh, Studio Ghibli movies? Honestly, I haven't. Um, I've been wanting to for the longest time because I remember a friend introducing me to them like senior year of high school, and which is kind of later for me than like, you know, most people. Um, but I didn't really have anyone around me who was like into that stuff. And like, I'm also an only child. So even watching these scenes right now reminds me of being like, mm-hmm. like the younger me, like with my mom and dad right now. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have like anyone who was into it. Like I watched Avatar with my dad um, when it first came out. But other than that, yeah, I've been wanting to watch these movies for a really long time. Um, just like, you know, getting into anime and all these other things. But I know um, these movies are really like a staple for everybody. And I'm just loving all the colors and like the, the whole style of it all and the storytelling so far so yeah i'm glad i get to experience this with with y'all and get y'all's opinions and hear about your experiences too yeah i I will apologize from here jazz that we're gonna talk through this movie and that's probably not the best (laughs) oh no it's all good um so i I mean we watch it again (laughs) yeah you should definitely watch it again too um we see here the parents are 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 have found a feast um, that seems to be placed for nobody, right? Nobody's around and nobody's here to cook it. And I remember watching this film for the first time and thinking to myself, 
wow, these parents are super irresponsible. They're just <laughs> they're just eating like food. Yeah, they there's just no up like <laughs> Yeah. There's nobody around. There's nobody who looked like they cooked it. It doesn't look like anyone's here to eat it. It's just these big piles of food. And they're just gonna chow down. And I was like Damn her dad coming in. Yeah, and when she, she uh when she uh Chihiro is like what are you doing? You can't do this. I remember as a kid watching this and being like, she's right. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wasn't even a kid. So I, I have to apologize. I used to be a kid yeah. like, dang, I want to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> Food and anime always looks so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I remember, actually, I, I, I do apologize. I wasn't a kid. I was 19 when this movie came out. <laughs> But I, I remember as a 19-year-old thinking to myself, like, she's correct. Like, these parents are super irresponsible right now. Um, yeah, I mean, like, if I happened upon a, you know, ghost town like this, I'd be like, I'm not eating this food. I don't know what this is about. <laughs> and yeah, the parents like, are just like, yeah, eating? grab a plate. <laughs> also, talking a little bit about the religious influences, like... You know, I, I'm not Japanese and I'm not Shinto, so I don't know if this is different for Shinto, but I know in Buddhism, my parents are Chinese Buddhists, and I know Buddhism, you know, you put food out for the dead, and like it's they're they're like feasts, right? And the idea is that when you move on to the next world, you don't have access to the same things that you have in this world. So, you know, when when folks come back to visit this world, then you give them food. Um, as a way to entice them and to like reward them and to like celebrate them. And so like, you know, part of seeing all this like freshly cooked food, but nobody there to eat it is resonant to this idea of like, oh, this is like ghost food, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is food meant for the dead, which is again, like you're so irresponsible for just eating this food. (laughs) Like, but Yeah. Yeah. Mysterious boy. So I think I think we could start seeing this transition into what Kenny brought up about fantasy and like about more like magical realism. And mm-hmm. you know, I think we get we begin to see, you know, we have gone from like normal slightly surreal but normal everyday daytime life to now evening surrealism and this is our first shock moment here with Chihiro's parents and oh no they're pigs that's just a waste of food yeah but I mean this is this is then the appropriate karmic punishment right like they went in and ate this food Without part, without permission, without knowing whose it was, and it's caused them to turn into these pigs. Mm. And of course, Chihiro's ten doesn't really understand that her parents have turned into pigs. Uh, 
So at this point, we're uh, roughly 13 minutes in or so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like the pacing of this movie, like the beginning anyway, is just like, bam, bam, bam. Like, Mm -hmm. you know that they're moving to a new town. They've happened upon this weird town where it's pretty empty. And all of a sudden, things just get really weird and she's mm. like all alone by herself <laughs> mm. <laughs> all mm. within like 13 minutes of the movie <laughs> and i do i do think that this is very reflective of having chihiro be our viewpoint character like for mm-hmm. a 10 year old like this kind of disconcerting like jumble of different things you know it's like we don't have a chance mm-hmm. to catch our breath because we don't feel like we're mm-hmm. in control like everything just happens to us you know mm-hmm. mm. and so we see here, this is the bridge that um, Haku told her to cross, but now that she's here, she can't cross it. It's been flooded, right? So she's stuck in the spiritual land. Um, and actually, similar to a lot of cultures, you know, the idea that you would have to cross a bridge into the land of what we will find out is the land of the dead. Like, you know, it's very similar to a lot of cultures where there's there's a literal bridge, right, that you would cross. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it in a lot of different cultures and a lot of different films and, and, and different pop culture media. Uh, but here we have, like, spirits coming off of the boat. And Chihiro, of course, you know, still being scared and, and running away. Ah, mysterious boy. So here we have Haku feeding Chihiro food, allowing her to remain in the land of the dead without disappearing. Which has echoes in other mythologies as well. Um, significantly, Greek mythology has that as well. If you eat food from the land of the dead, then you have to remain in the land of the dead. Um Oh my god, this character, oh! Yes. So we see our first glimpse of um, the uh, the um, um, of the uh, <laughs> witch, the, the grandmother, um, Baba, you Baba? Oh yeah. Um, and again, similar to other other cultures, right? Baba Yaga is a mythical creature or a mythical character in a lot of different cultures. Um, I'm loving the music right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, I totally agree.
so we see here there's a very surreal quality to this right like but but it's grounded in reality so it's very much grounded in like japanese like bathhouses japanese like you know buildings japanese like gardens that kind of stuff So I do know that this is similar to Buddhist culture where ghosts can be seen, can be, can be identified by their lack of breath or the, you know, so the idea that if she's breathing, then people can identify her as a living being. Mm -hmm. um. And she has to, she has to cross the bridge before. <laughs> so we're we're just watching the movie at this point. <laughs> <laughs> The part of the bridge always made me so mad as a kid. Just like, dang, just a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. I really want that, uh, that power. Just like, this is what I'm trying to explain to you. <laughs> <laughs> My fear is if I have that power and I use it, somebody's going to be like, wow, your brain's messed up. <laughs> so, so we begin to see more traces of like Buddhism in this as well. The idea that in the next life, or Chinese Buddhism, which is a little bit different than than the Buddhism that we know in Western culture, Chinese Buddhism, the idea being that in the next life, it's not paradise. You just you continue to live your life, and you still have to get a job, and you still make money, and you still have expenses. It's just different than our material world. So, you know, part of having her be part of the spiritual world is that Haku's directing Chihiro to have to go through these rituals of like, you have to eat something to remain corporeal here. You have to hold your breath so when you cross a bridge. So when you enter this spiritual world, nobody knows you're human. And then now you have to get a job in order to show you belong, you know, and these are all like kind of uh, markers of like, this is how this is how this world works. These are the rules of, of the world that she's in now. Yeah, which I always find interesting because you know, I remember watching this as a teenager being like, my first steps logically would be to how do I get out of here? How do I, mm -hmm. what are, you know, but she kind of 
doesn't have that option mm -hmm. either. So we also, I mean, we also begin to see, you know, there, there are echoes of like an Alice in Wonderland kind of a story or, or like a, like a hero's journey, right? Where she's being thrown into this like fantastical world as she has to just like kind of go along with the guide. And so like, in this case, Haku's her guide, right? Haku is very much her like mm -hmm. white rabbit. And so she just has to kind of do what he says. Like she doesn't really have a choice at this point. Um, yeah. And similarly, you know, as a viewer, like, we don't really know what's going on either, you know? We're just kind of going along with it. And it's not until you see it the second or third or fourth time before you realize, like, oh, this is what's actually going on, you know? Right now, for us as as viewers, we're, we're kind of just as confused as Chihiro, you know? Girl, same. <laughs> I'm just made it. So you see here Chihiro coming to the boiler room that uh, Haku told her to come to for the bathhouse. So Kenny, I don't know if you have any memories of watching this for the first time, but like, do you remember watching this for the first time and being like, what the hell is going on right now? Oh yeah. I used to have like nightmares about this dude, like with the <laughs> like the spider arm looking I forgot what his name was. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, I I always thought it was kind of weird, but I don't really remember like my first time watching it, but I just remember like my initial feelings about um, I forgot the guy's name, the boiler man's name, but uh -huh. I always thought the little uh, spitballs were kind of cool, like they were helping her out low key. <laughs> but I also like if you help me out, you're gonna have to help all of us out. I do appreciate how he comes in clutch, though. <laughs> yeah.
<clears throat> so we see here the character of Kamaji, the boiler, the boiler man, and um, you know, obviously a combination of of old crotchety, you know, maintenance man and a <laughs> spider. Um, and this is actually pretty common in in Japanese culture. This idea of like human animal spiritual traits kind of being mushed together um creating these kind of fantastical spirits so kamaji is really like kind of like i wouldn't say kamaji is common but like kamaji's construction is like kind of a common thing in japanese culture of like you know part part human part animal part like spirit you know it also is like a representation of probably the work right like you need to have you need to like our facilities folks are always doing like three things at once because mm -hmm. the demand is, you know, so much. And then, you know, the most underappreciated job because you're not, you know, in the limelight. Mm -hmm. He kind of reminds me of Dr. Eggman, like the way <laughs> he looks, but like a really like skinny version with more legs. <laughs> Sure. Who's that? What? Our From like Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the these uh spiders are um they're a unique unique part of Spirit Away that Hayao Miyazaki created these and he called them uh like soot monsters or ash monsters. <laughs> and they are they're just, you know. They're like uh, little little dust balls with legs. <laughs> so we're seeing all the the dust monster things drop the rocks on themselves <laughs> yeah i mean they realize that uh you know if they do it the chihiro might might throw their charcoal in the fire and they won't have to <laughs> so here we meet Lynn or Rin, or Lin, something like that, um, who will eventually develop kind of an older, elder sisterly relationship with Chihiro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I miss sushi. So impressively, we see Kamaji sticking his neck out a little bit for Chihiro. <laughs> Another Asian custom. Yes. Or a tradition, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the grumpy people always have the you know the good heart in these yeah, sure. movies <laughs> again i really love the pacing of this movie because it's like there's so much detail and so much going on mm -hmm. but they're like they literally like through the character right if we're supposed to view every the story and everything through the character um there's no time we gotta go <laughs> yeah. For real, everything moves so fast yeah So we are we are fully now in the bathhouse, the upper floors of the bathhouse, and uh, this uh, set piece is very important to Chihiro because this is, uh, you know, this is where she's going to try to find her job, and this is where we get to see all sorts of different spirits and all sorts of different characters interact with each other, and we really get a sense of like what's going on in the spiritual world. So this is very much like. It's almost it's almost like uh like the cantina scene in Star Wars or or some other things mm -hmm. like that where we get to see like a lot of different types of people interacting with each other. Hmm. Hmm. 
Jazz, are you like fully confused? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so this is the very top floor. Or they're trying to go to the top floor. Yeah, she's trying to get to the top. I don't know where the radish god is going. <laughs> Why does the radish god have a nipple? Because the radish god is at a bathhouse and they're not wearing any clothing. How else would you depict nakedness? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the squeaking noises. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, again, you know, like in Shinto culture, there's this idea that everything has a spirit in it, you know. And here we, we see all the spirits kind of come together and interact with each other. So the idea that your radish would have a spirit in it is, like, totally normal, you know? Mm -hmm. And, of course, like, you know, everyone's just living their life. It's not like, you know, like Christian heaven where it's, like, clouds and harps and whatever. It's like these are folks who just wanted to come to a bathhouse. So they're here at the bathhouse. So here we have Chihiro coming to Yubaba's office. Oh, this character <laughs> gives me the heebie-jeebies. And now we meet it's Yubaba for the first time. <laughs> who we've been told is scary and owns the bathhouse and controls everything. So yeah, we, we see here Yubaba truly is in control, has all the power. Uh, definitely has this like old wizard vibe. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, what is up with the baby? I legit forgot about the giant baby. I have no idea why there's a giant baby. I, le <laughs> I legit forgot she had a giant baby. Yeah, me too. But this part always creeps me out. Well, I mean, she was told to be persistent. That's what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> well there okay so there is a sense of like magicalness here right like she's making a formal request in a magical setting and the reason why yubaba doesn't want her to say it over and over again is because at some point yubaba is going to have to fulfill her request so like right now you're kind of exploiting the magical realism right the idea that things have power words have power rhetoric have power so by asking for a job over and over again and and not doing other things then at some point, Yubaba is just going to have to fulfill her request. See? <laughs> So again, we're talking about like rules of the world, right? So the world has magical rules. And because Haku has told her how to operate within this world, she knows certain things. So we have here more like power of language, right? So by owning her name and changing her name, Yubaba now owns Chihiro. And now she's within the magical world. Okay.
So Sen, Chihiro, now Sen, has a job. She's working now for Lin. So this is the um this is the kind of sisterly bond that Lin's starting to form with Sen. Oh no. So this is the moment when we as an audience start questioning people's motives, right? So why is Haku helping Chihiro? And is he really on her side, right? I see your creepy ass Baba flying off. Yeah, so this that character is just so creepy and has always creeped me out. <laughs> She doesn't know if she can trust him. Mm Oh, they kept her shoes.
Although, put on your socks, lady. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny's like, I love this movie, but that one part. <laughs> I did not like that. <laughs> so, Ooh, as, we, as we watch this movie a little bit, y'all, can you talk a little bit about, like, what, like... What sort of experiences or stories that you've heard are, is this hitting for you? Like, does this seem like other stories you've seen or other things that you've you've read or been a part of? Mm. Well, not. Well, I think what I was just thinking about um, when I like, I think a couple like maybe a minute ago when she was just like getting ready to like leave the the room. I was like, dang, like, she's so young and, like, all this is happening and she's doing it all by herself. So, Mm -hmm. like, I guess kind of that, I don't know, just growing up, having to grow up that fast and, like, okay, this is serious right now. Like, at the beginning of the movie, she was trying to, like, get a bouquet of flowers. And Mm -hmm. now she's like, now I gotta save my family and I gotta find out where my parents are and I gotta get a job and all this. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can only yeah. imagine what that is like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, speaking of the coming of age story, like she definitely had to transition to this place real quick, real fast, right? Like it's been less than a day for her. And she's mm-hmm. already fully in this thing. Yeah, and then like thinking about it from like a perspective of somebody who's seen the movie a few times, like maybe more than a few times, but just like (laughs) seeing how much she grows throughout the whole, like at the end and like seeing how she is at the beginning and then seeing how she is at the end is just really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I think it's important too to note, um, as far as the story goes, we just missed it, but Sen or Chihiro Sen, runs up to her parents and shouts at them to recognize her. She goes, you know, Hey, it's me, Sen, you know, why can't you recognize me? And it's, a, it's kind of this, this moment of like, Oh, she's starting to forget her own name, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause Sen's not really her name, but that's what she is now, you know? I um you know going back to the question you asked Chris about yeah. you know um does this remind you of anything or like have mm-hmm. you seen anything similar um I I mean there's definitely in like in my family's kind of um you know way of existing or the life lessons that they've definitely shared with me and like other kids in this in my family your name is very important and um you know for me I think um you know I I was definitely especially by my mother like taught that like you know people can um, say the worst things about you, but like who you are and what you hold true and what your name is and your education, right? Like what 
you like put a priority on is going to matter at the end of the day. And I think like, you know, for her in this movie right now, she said, you know, like, I couldn't believe that I forgot my name, right? And I think like, what you decide to name yourself, like, whether it's your chosen name, or the no the name that you just like hold on to, um, mm. that you identify with, I think it's so important. Um, mm. And that part, like, always sticks with me. Like, whenever I see that scene, I'm like, Oh, yeah, like that, that's very reminiscent of like, some life lessons that I've been taught. You know, I think like up to, you know, now in my life, like when, um, you know, when I was getting married and, you know, people were like, oh, you're going to change your last name, right? And I was like, no, I've always been Sharon Singh. And it just feels so weird to me to like, not have that name anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, talking to my partner and being like, you know, I, I feel like I want to keep my last name. And he was like, yeah, like, why would you want to change your last name? Like, I'm not changing my name. Why are you expected to change your name? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think like having that conversation and like thinking about your name is so important. Uh, but what it really represents as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, that's one of the reasons why one of the things that we do are name stories. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Your name is a, is a, such an important part of your identity, and it comes with so much more than just a simple name. There's a whole, like, universe of, like, your heritage, your identity, your race, mm-hmm. your ethnicity, your gender, who your parents are, who what your socioeconomic status. That's all tied into that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it can yeah. all be reflected through that. Yeah, like, and I think mm-hmm. especially in, like, Asian culture, like, your name – sometimes holds like um like the lineage right um and and sometimes like in indian or desi culture um depending on like what region you're from like sometimes you know your first name is like the last name of a family member right Mm -hmm. and how that translates can hold a lot of like lineage um and then sometimes you know like in Indian culture, like women weren't given their father's last names. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that even, you know, how sometimes even your name can hold, um, you know, legacies of like historical or like societal oppression as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like um, uh, slaves and how, you know, their the last names were of their owners. Mm-hmm. Right. And so names just hold such a a weird strength and power to them but they're also you know um showing of some of the injustices in history as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it reminds me of yeah. um immigrant stories too when immigrants yeah. came over and were just given a quote-unquote english name because the the border agent was just like i can't pronounce your name you're now this you know yeah yeah and how much power that has yeah yeah same thing with like like you said earlier like slaves like that's like a whole cut off of lineage that's a mm-hmm. whole like kind of cut off of your culture as well like you, I, I remember I was looking at this thing and I was like where does my last name come from like Jackson it comes from like I don't know like England I don't know like mm-hmm. who from my family like is English mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like <laughs> or mm-hmm. white in that way like from what I've known like I don't really know if I have any white 
ancestors. So I'm guessing like everybody's black. So like, where is these names coming from? And like you said earlier, like they come from like slave owners, you know? Mm-hmm. So like how, that's how like, like how, how she said in the movie, like that's how she controls you. That's how she like mm-hmm. takes like mm-hmm. everything from you. She takes your name. And that's really evident in our history, even in like the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, def- and you know, it, that definitely goes back to Chris saying, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, um, fantasy involved, but it's still grounded in realism, right? Like, mm-hmm. and the thing about, like, I think that's what I love about um, Japanese, like, movie shows or whatever. They are grounded in truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just, I mean, we just saw a montage of Sen working. Yeah. Uh, her first day in the bathhouse. And that that's like, that's real Japanese work, right? There. I mean, that's old school Japanese mm-hmm. bathhouse work. Like the way they scrub the floors, the way that, you know, they, they would like pump the water and all that stuff. Like, you know, that's, that's you know, it would be really easy in like a Disney movie or whatever to be the, have that be like magical, you know? But like, yeah. no, we're watching Sen like work hard, you know? So we we actually see the introduction of No Face, kind of. I mean, we've seen No Face a little bit here and there, but uh... I've never been to a bathhouse. Mm, I haven't either. Sounds nice. <laughs> Have you been to a spa though? Yeah. So there's similar, like, like you know, uh, traits with that, right? Like, if here, like, the idea of like a bathhouse is like, you know, particularly for a culture that's pre, like. Obviously, I mean Chihiro Sen, whoever, um, is is a modern character, but the spiritual world that she enters into is like a pre-plumbing, pre like running water world, right? So like bathhouses are like one of the only ways to like clean yourself consistently without having to like go through the hard work of like like pumping water out from a well, right? So this is like prior to prior to that situation. Yeah. I just so we just uh, we're at a scene where she's talking to no no face no face uh, yeah. um and no face is offering all these like tokens but I just want to say she's she's just gotten a lot like Sin's got a lot of head injuries so far <laughs> just yeah. one day <laughs> yeah. Ah. Oh. 
We're not open, but everyone's here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so here we see you know sun bringing the stink spirit to the to the bathhouse and this is definitely the task that nobody wants right um Good thing that she got the good salts. Oh, the noises. <laughs> Oh, 
So I think what's interesting that we see here is that as Yubaba and Lin and, and you know, Yubaba significantly, as she realizes that Sen is actually on to something here, she realizes that there's something, a deeper story here. And it kind of shows that, like, our, our assumptions about who's evil and who's a villain are starting to, like, fade away, right? Like, Yubaba is certainly not an evil character, although she's also not necessarily a great character. So we, we see the deeper truth now behind the stink spirit, right? Like, it's not a stink spirit. Um, this was... Um, Let me see. It's actually a river god. Oh. <laughs> a polluted river, which is, you know, low-key ecological message right here. I always wondered what kind of spirit that was. I thought I was confused, but that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a uh, you know uh, the the witch is a true representation of capitalism. Does that mean that Lynn is a, a spirit or a, a human being in this world? <clears throat> That's a good question. I don't really know. I know Lynn's not a human because she reacted so, like, 
strongly to human like she along with everyone else is like fucking human what um but i don't i don't think she's i i mean it seems like she would be a spirit but also her and the other like like women all are human looking you know yeah Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I I remember one time I was watching, I was like, okay, so Lynn and all these other, like, women are, um, <laughs> um, you know, obviously not, like, they're, they're also smelling mm-hmm. sin, but at the same time, like, there are no men. And then all the the men are uh, who are working, right, the, or at least who identify or look like they identify as men are toads. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So we start to understand a little bit more about who No-Face is now. No-Face, prior to this, you know, had been a very lonely, solitary character <gasps> who kind of got obsessed <laughs> with Chihiro and stole her first bath token for her and then presented her with a bunch more bath tokens, which, you know, on first glance, you would assume she stole. But... um. But it looks like he can produce things, too. Mm-hmm. And it seems like No-Face, having not been able to follow Chihiro, um, is uh, starting to... Um, uh, starting to uh, get corrupted by the, uh, the greed of the workers around them. So, you know, when the gold came out of the river spirit... And everybody was so obsessed with the gold. No face was feeding off of that energy, and and you know it's, it's kind of a curious, kind of a kind of a non-understanding presence, and and was just kind of replicating what people responded to. And upon eating that first frog, is now like starting to consume the negativity of greed and obsession, kind of kind of like Gollum. Uh. Mm. <laughs> And so we can see at this point, no face by and large represents insatiable greed. Right. And like 
just wants, 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 wants. Yeah. And the more that people are reacting to the gold, the more greedy he's getting. Okay, I just looked up if Lynn was a human because that really <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was really thinking about that. Breaking news, and Kenny, breaking I, news. Breaking news, this just in. Um apparently she is a transformed spirit of the of a Biako, a white fox. So she's a white fox spirit. Mm. So I guess like she's a white fox spirit that is just Personified as human looking, that's what I mean. Yeah, huh, which is interesting. interesting. Did she turn into a fox at any point? I don't think so. <laughs> So we also see Sen like really starting to adapt to this world really well. She immediately recognizes that this is like a violent interaction going on and that these birds are more than just random birds, but they're actually attacking Haku's dragon form. And she's attempting to save him right now. And uh, you find out kind of that these birds are paper. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sen. <laughs> um, and very reminiscent of like Japanese papercraft, right? Like not just origami, but also like um, I forgot what it's called, but the, the art of cutting paper. Um, but yeah, very reminiscent of Japanese papercraft. It's still capable of you know some vicious paper cuts. <laughs> so we're back to the no face greed guests. And this is truly like greed has completely taken over the bathhouse. Um, pure capitalistic greed. And then kind of true to Sen's outsider nature. She's the only one that's not affected by this greed. 
I think it's definitely true that um, No Face like feeds off of Sin's energy more than anybody else's. Yeah, and she was the first one to notice him, and yeah, he, he latched onto her initially. He's not understanding either, though. Like, and this rejection of the gold greed is. Uh... You know, kind of the the only thing that's saving No Face and saving the bathhouse right now, mm-hmm. right? Like his greed is such an overwhelming presence. And now, No Face's true consumptive quality is being shown, right? Mm-hmm. And this kind of uh, overwhelming greed. Meanwhile, Sen does not give an F. <laughs> and it's just looking for a beautiful, mysterious boy. Who she thinks might be bleeding to death. Really? <laughs> it's great. She's totally That's fearless it. in this world. You really get to see her evolve into this like like heroine. She's still human. Mm Again, always getting hit or hurt on her head. Yeah. Yeah. This is an adventure. Oh my god, this scene. I don't like this scene. Right, giant baby. (laughs) I still don't understand what the baby represents. Uh, I don't really know either. I mean, other than giant baby. Kenny, do you know why the giant giant baby exists? Um, no, but he also serves, I guess, another purpose later in the movie. Like he transforms a little. 
Okay. So I don't really know. I don't. I don't know what the point of the baby was. I guess to have something that Yubaba truly does care about, other than like money and like that Mm. stuff. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a weakness. I guess. Yeah. And children are like you know, they cause weakness. Oh God! Buries the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, nighttime. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the baby talks I forgot about that Jazz just like what is happening? Different meaning in uh post COVID world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> this baby was ahead. Was ahead of its <gasps> time. I'm using that line from now on. I got germs. Germs. I got germs. Germs. <laughs> oh. You baba's bird. <clears throat> The giant baby sounds like Tommy Pickles. I'm going to have to try that tactic at some point. (laughs) I got germs! I'll start crying. (laughs) So we see here Yubaba's sister, who then immediately turns the baby into a mouse. (laughs) 
What are the three heads supposed to represent? Um, gosh, I, I, I knew you were going to ask that. Um, <laughs> they, I, I, all I really know is that decapitated green heads are kind of a thing in Japanese culture. I just don't know what they represent. Hmm. Um, I believe they're demons. I could be wrong. Let me see. Oh wait, okay. Um I Oh, I'm wrong. Okay. So the heads represent the Ruma dolls. Um they're traditional wooden dolls the size of a fist, painted red in the image of a man with no arms or legs. Um and they represent um, the uh, uh, Bodhidharma, the original Buddhist monk uh, who brought Zen Buddhism to Japan. And he was said to have meditated for nine years until his arms and legs dropped off. Um, the Ruma dolls are wishing items. When one is purchased, a wish should be made. And then an eye of the doll is filled in with a pen. When that wish comes through true, then the other eye is filled in. Hmm. That's where the blood is supposed to be. Anybody who's ever had to give medicine to a cat will recognize this moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, great. So that that's very much a, a traditional ch- uh, Japanese childhood uh, kind of kind of thing, the uh, the break break the fingers for for good luck kind of thing. So just just to be explicit, the um the the thing that she got from the river god is um it's a it's a dumpling that makes people vomit is what it is. So when she feeds it to Haku, he vomits out the seal that he had swallowed that when he stole from Zaniba, and also along with the seal was the curse, which uh, which Sen just stepped on. So one of the overall themes that we can see in this movie that's that's here is um, the kind of selflessness of a child, right? And like, if we could, uh, if we can, if we can uh, act more like Sen or Chihiro in her selflessness and help people around her, is it would be better for everyone. So he's a monster, but in the beginning when he was giving everyone gold, everyone loved him. I mean, in capitalistic societies, you can get away with a lot, but if you start eating people... Hmm. 
So we see the, the monstrosity that no faces become. So we see here, no faces confession about being obsessed with Sen or Chihiro, being the only person who kind of paid attention to him as a real person instead of a, a ATM or a monster. So we have here the second half of the river monster's gift, or the river spirit's gift to, to Sen, which, again, is the thing that causes you to vomit. Um, and appropriately, so she gives it to No-Face, who then now is going to vomit everything he swallowed, including those three uh, workers. And and really, all of the greed and, and negativity is going to come up, too. And restore no face to a neutral spirit. The iconic chase. But first, chase. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> messed up the elevator there. <laughs> oh, that's one, two. <clears throat> I think the, only the frog is left now, right? Yeah. <sighs> and the frog is the one who started it all because he was really greedy. Yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs>
It's a basket. It's a boat. It's a basket boat. <laughs> I feel like I'm lit in this situation. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm doing all the work. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's the frog. Just very, very calmly, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> which is, which is also what happened when, uh, in the beginning of the movie, he got like frozen into that bubble <laughs> right. on the on the, <laughs> on the bridge. It's like, oh yeah, I'm back. <laughs> That's all her tickets. There's the other two characters are so tiny. What do they need tickets for? Look. <laughs> it's still a capitalistic society. <laughs> an entity is an entity. Squeeze <laughs> every cent. I mean, if you start saying that rats can ride free, then all of a sudden you're just going to get all these rats. <laughs> the New York subway economy is going to go down the drain. dance happening. Yeah. <laughs> what else are you going to do on the train? True. True. Oh. So they are off to Swamp Bottom to see Zaniba, who is Yubaba's twin sister. And again, you know, it's this wonderful mix of like fantastical and reality, right? Like, yeah, it's spirits and yeah, it's a spirit world, but everyone's just riding the train, you know? And they have luggage <laughs> and they have train stops. Yeah, like 
I know that they don't have faces and like they're supposed to be spirits, you know, whatever. But I always thought like, oh, okay, black people representation. Here we are. We're in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's got baggage. <laughs> oh. It's also particularly tough because, you know, Sen said that she would walk back. And you're like, yeah. that sucks. <laughs> oh, the boy awakens. No. Low realization. And now we know the truth of the matter. All that gold was fake. But I love, I mean, not that I love, but like her first, you know, (laughs) instinct was to check the gold, right? Something precious has been replaced. Mm -hmm. And she checks the gold. Mm Mm-hmm.
so this is when we start getting a little more into that Wizard of Oz, uh, Glinda the Good Witch, and and the Wicked Witch of the West sister dynamic. And that last bit's a bit Willy Wonka. -y. But yeah, I mean, I, th I think we start to see, you know, this is a this is where all the like more familial dynamics play in, and and the idea that like that behind this world, there's also like another family drama that's playing out. Here. At the end of the day, it's always the family drama. Yeah. <laughs> and here's Sen and No Face made it to Swamp Bottom. Gorgeous place. Looks exactly like the brochure. <laughs> Jazz, are you really confused right now? A little bit. Not going to lie, but just keep watching. See how this goes. Mm hmm I mean, I think I think a hallmark of Studio Ghibli films is that they um, they kind of drop you in these fantastical worlds, and you just kind of live in the world for a little while. And there's not necessarily a plot per se, or there's not necessarily resolution per se. At least more so the earlier films. The later films, they're, they're like Spirit Away has a bit of a plot, but like Totoro, not really much of a plot. Like, yeah, they just kind of throw, <laughs> just kind of throw you in the film, and you're just like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> uh, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So a big part about yeah, watching like, studio. Oh yeah. Keep going. Oh, I was gonna say like with Spirited Away, like with me when I was first watching, I definitely had to watch it a few times to like kind of understand what was really going on. So mm -hmm. it's definitely something you gotta watch more than once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely part of the film is just enjoying the world that it's in and understanding, like, oh, there are all these different, like, nooks and crannies. And, like, one of the things that Studio Ghibli does really well with their films is that they really feel like like a sense of lived inness. you know? Like, when you watch this world, you're like, oh, there's, like, like more than just, like, a veneer, you know? Like, there's weight mm. and strength and rules and, like, you know, consequences in this world. Right, even though everything is based in this magical world, there's still uh, groundedness to it. Mm -hmm. you no, know, you can't just do whatever you want, but... <laughs> right, mm -hmm. right. There are rules. Yeah. Just like in life. And some are unspoken, and some are very explicit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, what's cool about being with Chihiro or Sen is that she takes you through it, you know, and she gets mm -hmm. confused at the times that you get confused and somebody has to explain to her at the time that someone has to explain to you. Like, having her as your point of view character, she's such a great character for that. Thank you. 
Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're having way more fun in this form. <laughs> they're less creepy too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we begin to see the Zaniba is not quite the evil witch that uh, Yubaba made her out to be. And definitely what we uh, thought she was when uh, she showed up um, in that paper form. Mm -hmm. That's such a cute sentiment. Mm-hmm. It'll protect you. It's from your friends. It's like a friendship bracelet, but like different, you know? Mm-hmm. Friendship hair tie. <laughs> yeah. Aw. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Looking all regal and shit. <laughs> he just pulled up. <laughs> Wait, but does she remember when? Going back again to the name. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so we have here uh, Haku taking Sen or Chihiro back to Yubaba's bathhouse and back to her parents. She's starting to remember. So Chihiro just related the story she remembered, which was that she fell into the Kohaku River and almost died, but the current of the river pulled her out. And in the memory of writing Haku's back as a dragon form, she realizes that that's the memory that she was holding on to. And then she's discovered his true name which has freed him from Yubaba's control. <laughs> Meanwhile, nobody seems concerned that they're just free-falling. <laughs> That'll be fine. I hear you, okay. I mean, I guess, but I'd be like, hey, let's um, fly and then continue this conversation <laughs> instead of fall and talk. Uh, oh. But yeah, we see Chihiro's love, true love breakthrough. And it's not necessarily a romantic love, but it's mm. definitely a like, like care for the world kind of a love. I mean, this. I, I think the themes, right, of this movie definitely show this, like, um, you know, respecting the elements, respecting um, the spirits of, you know, our environment, right? So even the the scene in the bathhouse when they they thought it was a stink monster, but it was really a the spirit of the river. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think um, you get that the whole time, right? Like that's the whole reason why even in the beginning, humans have mm-hmm. a very distinctive smell, right? And they they, yeah. they call it a stink, right? And like humanity has a negative impact on the world around them, right? Yeah. She's like, bring it on. I can choose my parents. Ah, spoiler. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, also, I'm going okay. to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so her final test is she has to pick out her parents.
<gasps> she did it. What? <laughs> what were her parents? It's not important. <laughs> no, they're back to the car. Oh, that's like that story that Greek mythology in uh, when Hades told that one mm -hmm. oh, to not look back. I can't remember that mythology. But. Yeah, her name was Persephone. Oh, <laughs> Hades told Persephone that uh, she could leave, but um, she couldn't look back. She couldn't look back. Yeah. Um. Nope, I'm mixing. Actually, I just realized I'm mixing no, up two stories. Yeah, Persephone had to stay because she ate pomegranate seeds. So that was the eat yeah. Fruit it was family. some other. Yeah, it was um, it was a uh, um, gosh, it was some warrior who lost like the love of his life to a snake bite, and then Haiti he like found his way into the underworld, and then Hades was like, okay, the only way she can leave with you is if you continue to play your instrument or something and then you just have to trust that she's behind you yeah and then at, like right towards the end he looks back and she dies and then she dies anyway <laughs> <laughs> That was Orpheus. Orpheus and Eurydice. Eurydice. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, too. Not a kid, 19, whatever. I, re <laughs> I remember when I saw this film for the first time and being like, wow, how's she ever going to go back to her life? Like, can you imagine going through this entire thing and then just being <laughs> like, I'm a regular 10 year old? <laughs> also, is their home still there waiting for them? Because they should have been there. A while back. <laughs> it's been a minute. Like the, yeah. mo the movers are like, where the hell are these guys? <laughs> um, okay. Oh. Thoughts? Jazz, let's get first impressions. Yeah. Oh, man, that was that was wholesome. Yeah. It was wholesome. <laughs> it was very magical. I love seeing like all the, the diversity of all the characters and the creatures in there. Definitely going to have to watch it again um, to pick up on some of the things that are missed. 
But yeah, like towards the end when they're flying in the sky, I was like, oh my God, like this feels like Peter Pan or something. Just like <laughs> hella majestic. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely want to go on like another, um, want to binge some more of these films. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Had, had I had a mean, great time watching it with y'all and hearing everyone's experiences. Yeah. I'm glad you were able to watch it with us. And I, I know. Speaking for Sharon, definitely recommending Kiki's Delivery Service. Love that one. Yes. And then mm-hmm. uh, I would say Princess Mononoke. That's another good one. Um, so, uh, Kenny, thoughts? Uh, it was really cool, like, getting to, like, rewatch it and refresh my memory. Like, earlier, I couldn't even remember most of the characters' names. Um mm-hmm. But it was really cool, like, like remembering some of the stuff and, like, looking through a different lens now that I'm, like, a little bit older than, like, the last time I watched it. Um, mm-hmm. Also hearing, like, different perspectives and, like, oh, like, I never even thought of that, you know, like, like, also, like, getting a little bit more knowledge on stuff, like, hearing, like, you, Chris, talk about it and, like, Sharon talk about it. So, yeah, really cool. Cool. I enjoyed myself. That's good. Sharon, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched this movie, I want to say, maybe it's been like six or seven years Mm -hmm. um, since I last saw this movie. Um, And there's definitely parts that I was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or like, oh, I remember this part. Like, I don't like this baby (laughs) at all. Um, I totally blocked out that baby from my memory. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, Um... but yeah, like definitely fun. Uh, and, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with Kenny. Um, you know, the, the conversation around, you know, I mean, these are things that I think like, especially like the name um, and like how special your name is and the memories that we hold. But I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I didn't realize how, how much this movie depicted um kind of like spirituality of the different elements mm-hmm. and you know um you know how the ties to like water mm-hmm. um was like so present and respecting water and um you know i, I think for me you know I, watching this with you all helped me realize that mm-hmm. um so i highly recommend folks to to watch this movie and um you know, dive into a conversation with, with people if you're, um, you know, with your friends or family. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think um, what's really cool is that, you know, when you watch this movie, you can tell that it's like very much a Japanese movie steeped in Japanese culture and Japanese background and heritage. But it also has influences from like other s- cultures, like Western culture and, and, you know, European culture and you know, neighboring Asian cultures and stuff. And you kind of see, you know, it's more than just purely Japanese, but it's like you take these other story pieces and you put them through a Japanese lens. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's kind of really cool to see it and be like, oh, yeah, this is like there are echoes of other stories in here, you know. Um, So, yeah, thank you all for joining us. Um, Thank you for joining the Mosaic staff for our... um, Movies of Mosaic for PETA Heritage Month, Spirited Away, Hayao Miyazaki, Studio Ghibli, 2001, awesome film, definitely watch it. Um, Anything y'all want to say before we sign off? 
thank you all for joining. Um, you know, please feel free to send us your thoughts, right? Um, especially through our social media. We love to hear some of the elements that you took away, um, your favorite part of the movie. Um, and like with any movie, when you, when you're, um, when you listen to the, um, movies with mosaic podcasts if you you know agree or take something away from it i'd love to hear your thoughts Mm -hmm. yeah i had a great time watching this for the first time in full um (laughs) with everybody yeah on uh 420 2020 and um yeah thank you guys (laughs) yeah totally so thank you all um and we will catch you next time for mosaic station um yeah see ya Bye. Listen, listen carefully.